Welcome to Credit Hour, a weekly thought-provoking conversation with the brightest minds from the University of South Dakota. They get the credit, we ask the questions. This is Credit Hour. On today's episode of Credit Hour, we speak with Amber Hansen, an artist and painting professor at the University of South Dakota, about community-based art and mural making. Amber, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, thank you. Amber, first of all, what do you do here at USD? I teach painting to all of the students here at the university. And with that, I teach painting one all the way up to advanced level painting. And I work with graduate students. I guess before we get into some of the other you know, community-based projects that you do around Vermilion and honestly all around the Midwestern world in some cases, um, I want to talk about what got you interested in art. What sort of inspired, I guess, you to pursue a career in art? Well, like a lot of artists, it began when I was a child and being introduced to the process of drawing. I had an uncle who sat down and drew a picture for me, and I thought it felt like magic that he could make something appear on a piece of paper that looked like it could exist in the real world. So just being inspired by the act of drawing and painting and then learning that I could make a profession out of that or a career, but more importantly, um, really just like learning about the impact that art has in, in people's lives and, and why they create and why it's important. I'd say all those things drew me into wanting to learn more about art and to practice it and to share it with other people. Amber, you talked about that initial kind of moment that I guess inspired you to be an artist. When did you think that you could do this professionally? Well, for a long time, you know, being a professional artist or being an artist who can make a living off of creating work did not seem like a viable choice and I think it's uh, because there there is still so little support in the US for artists and for artists to make a living um, it's something that I've always just had in the forefront of my mind of something that I wanted to do and and sort of um, kept that goal and vision in sight so for a long time I was making work but working a lot of other different jobs um, that weren't necessarily directly related to creating art, but allowed me to continue to create and to learn about art. So what was your first like artistic job, I guess? I, I don't know if that's a right way to put it. Or, or when's like the first moment, I guess, that you considered yourself like an artist? Or is that like a even relevant question for you to answer? Well, I definitely think everybody is an artist. Everybody has the ability to create works of art. And, you know, there are people who decide to, to focus on that more intentionally. And so um, when I began focusing on it more intentionally really would be when I started um, studying art and, um, you know, making that my focus with it with an intention of, of hopefully being able to um, to make that practice sustainable, essentially. And so 
Um, I started painting murals in high school um, and was creating work, you know, some of it that I would sell or, you know, people would ask me to create, but it has definitely been a journey and I think it's different for everyone how to create a sustainable creative practice for yourself and, and whatever that means for you. You know, you talked about painting murals in high school. That's the current form of art that you primarily practice, correct? Yes. Right now, I I would say I, I focus on community-based murals and public work, and and I also maintain a studio practice, creating creating paintings and drawings in the studio. What was your first mural that you painted? Wow, I do not remember. Um, it was probably a mural in somebody's house for their their kid's bedroom, probably that something like that. <laughs> but I I do not remember. So you have no idea what it was, what it could have been. I don't. Yeah, I probably was like very surprised that somebody would let me paint on their walls and was very excited about that. But yeah, uh, I couldn't say. Do you know how many murals you've painted, like total? I would say I've painted around, I don't know, probably 30 or 40 murals total. That would be my guess. And I, I guess what goes into one of these mural projects, primarily like a community-based mural that you've been doing a lot of lately in the Vermilion and surrounding area? So with the community-based mural process, we invite people in the community to gather at a table to share stories about what it means to be a part of that particular community. And we we try to create like we try to create a, an environment that's both um, interesting, engaging, but also is a safe place for sh sharing those stories essentially. And through these workshops and, and gatherings, we collect information about what it means to be a member of the community. And we take those ideas and we weave them together to create a story or a narrative or a composition that will reflect, you know, not the entire community, I don't think that's possible, but more so reflects our interaction with the people who have come to the table to share, to share their stories. And in doing this, it allows us to not only activate a creative part of our collective community, it's asking people to imagine the the place to re to imagine or even reimagine the place where they live and to to come together to create something new for that place. And so in this process we'll take those ideas and images and um myself or, or whoever the lead artist is on that project will um, combine them together to make one cohesive image. Yeah, you painted several murals this summer, right? Yes. Um, could you tell us about any of them specifically? Well, this summer we began by completing the second installment of a community-based mural, which we have been working on here in Vermilion for two years now. So this was a mural that was designed last year and 
we weren't able to paint both sections at the same time because we needed to raise more money for the second installment. So this summer we began the painting of that second half of the mural. And, um, and then after that, uh, traveled to Miller, South Dakota to install a community-based mural there as well. So you talked about the process, how you bring people to the table and sort of learn about these different sort of communities. You mentioned the mural in Miller, for example. What did you learn about that community that sort of translated into the project that you ultimately created? There's so much to be learned about. There's so much that I learn about every community that I am um, invited to create with. I, I mean, I begin by reading about the history of that place. I learn so much when I um, work with kids in in this within the school. So in Miller, um, the project facilitator. Tammy Caffey, who invited me to Miller, her and I went into the school and we uh, drew and asked kids to draw pictures about what it means to be a part of that place. And so we we worked with kids from K through high school and always in that space and interacting with with people in that way. So much is revealed through through their drawings. And it's such a I think such a rare and honest glimpse into what it, in, into what their, what they recognize, what they value about the place where they live, what's visible to them, the things that they care about, and to me that's always like a very, I, uh, it's so much can be learned from from sort of looking at the drawings of of children, um, in understanding a particular place. But also in Miller, we we wrote poems, which, you know, in that activity, using words to describe what it means to be a part of the community or what they care about. Um, Yeah, so I guess I'm not drawing upon anything specific, but each each sort of like engagement or prompt or workshop that took place there just sort of allowed different stories to surface and... um, Things that you maybe wouldn't find if you were visiting the library or the historic center. You know, maybe you've already answered this question, but why community-based art? Community-based art has really captivated me and has kept me engaged because it was the first time that I saw how art could step outside of the studio and outside of the gallery and could could be meaningful in people's lives in a different way that the gallery world or um, different spaces may create barriers for people to access the art of creating or the art of or 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 the it may create a barrier from allowing people to enjoy art and to understand um why it's important and how it can have meaning in their lives and so when i guess 
to talk about the difference between like a public facing art versus like a piece of art that you might see in a museum. I mean, why do you think, you know, that type of art matters? Well, art that's in the public is for everyone. Everybody has access to it and it is, it, it's oftentimes experienced or seen in, in, in the lives of every, or sort of in, 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 seen and integrated into people's lives. You know, you don't have to sort of, if it's within your town or neighborhood, it's, it's there for, for you to see, um, throughout your day. So the power of, of making, you know, stories visible that are, that have, that have not been heard or are not represented in public space is, is a powerful act and it can shape the way people experience their, their community or town or the place where they live, but it can also, um, ignite conversation and, um, it can share, you know, the, the things that people care about in that place. Amber, you've mentioned to me before that sometimes through the conversations that you have with community members, um, what ultimately ends up getting put into the murals are sort of like the town's history or, you know, the kind of hidden stories that only the local know or locals know, like Easter eggs, I guess. Do you have any like memorable, um, you know, kind of imagery or uh, just stories about a mural that unless you were part of the process or even just like part of the town, you might be looking at something and not fully digest the significance of it. Yeah, that happens. That happens often because, um, you know, in these conversations, there are histories that haven't been recorded, that haven't been shared publicly, or are just sort of lesser known histories. So in the in the murals, what exists are sometimes these like new symbols or images that really haven't been um, haven't been created or seen associating with that place. One example is in Hartford, South Dakota. We were working with the community, and one conversation that um, was talked about was how Hartford um, w- something that is attributed to its growth and success was the implementation of um, of going from well water to rural water. And before that, the water that they had would turn their clothes orange and um, people didn't want to drink it. So this, this, this conversation of, you know, the development of the town and that being sort of an important time period when they, um, when they got a water tower, when they received a, a new water tower. And so in, we talked about this and, you know, we were thinking about how to depict, um, that moment in time in a way that's interesting. And I remember there were two, um, small girls who were drawing at the table at, in one of our meetings and they started drawing a picture of this, like, flower vase and inside the flower vase there was a water tower growing out of it and you know they had just by listening to the conversation had translated this idea of growth and combined those two images together which I thought was really beautiful 
and so we ended we ended up integrating their drawing into the into the mural they were the ones who were able to sort of combine those two two ideas amber you talked about earlier how you um you know, primarily teach painting here at, at USD. As the, I guess, painting professor, what are your goals that you hope to achieve? As the painting professor, I want to first introduce, you know, students to painting who, who haven't taken painting before and to, um, you know, share those fundamental skills so anybody can begin creating and to really work with each individual um, painting student to achieve whatever goal that they are searching for, striving for within the medium of painting. And in addition to that, I, I incorporate community-based processes within the classroom and also help and assist students in creating um, collaborative projects if they're interested in doing that or create opportunities that would allow students to engage in community-based projects. Do you think the, I guess, the process of community-based projects really help kind of these young artists? Or I guess, what do you think they get from this process? They, I think it helps them to learn that there are, there are other ways of creating artwork, engaging with the world and the creative art world that extend beyond the most obvious ones and the most obvious ones being perhaps museums, galleries, studios. And so it's showing them different ways of creating and different ways of, of creating work. And this is something that I feel is really important and that I'm passionate about because it was something that I, um, throughout my academic training, either it was something that was left out of history books. It was something that wasn't encouraged or wasn't wasn't really talked about or um, valued. So it's really, I think it's important to bring in these these types of works that have been, you know, historically excluded from academic settings and sharing them and giving them importance attention and, and value. Amber, how did the pandemic affect your teaching and research? Well, in the community-based murals that we were painting, um, we definitely had to take more precautions when we were painting. Uh, we weren't able to invite the, the community at, or people in the community to help us paint. Um, and um, the, the process definitely became less, um, less about inviting people to participate in the painting process and more about, um, just painting the mural. And in the classroom, it was especially challenging at first moving everything online and, um, you know, not being able to be with people in the studio as they're creating and being able to offer input during the process of, of painting and only being able to provide feedback um, through Zoom or, you know, after the painting was complete. 
Amber, to transition for a few minutes, how, I guess, has the pandemic influenced your art? I'm, well, I'm in the studio. I'm just starting to see the the influence um, show up in paintings. I can see some of the imagery that I'm starting to create now being impacted by by the year and it's not really intentional i'm not trying to make um i'm not trying to make images that are really like saying anything specifically about the pandemic but i can definitely see the imagery starting to surface that is responding to the last year that we've had do you think overall, I mean, you talked about before, I guess, this pressure, this idea of like a pressure to create art during a moment like this. Have you felt that pressure? Do you think that artists collectively have felt that? I think it's there. I think often um, people, you know, in the creative field, artists, painters um, feel a pressure to create and um, and I think that this is some ways a misunderstanding of the process of creating paintings and creating work and that, you know, some people do create, they just, you know, and I'll talk about painters, they'll paint one painting after another sort of nonstop. Um, and other people have a different process, you know, it might take them time to recharge their their creative toolbox or their ideas and it might take time to let thoughts percolate or evolve um by doing other things so i do think there was um i added pressure at times for um people in the creative field to it's like well now that you can't go anywhere now's the time to create and make something but um it's not always that it's not always that simple so what, I guess then, you know, when the muse isn't striking, I mean, how, what do you do to, I guess, get in a creative mood when you have to be? Well, there's definitely things I th that I've created, um, like a routine or rituals that help me um, enter that, that, that space where I can think a little bit more abstractly or I can... Um, entertain ideas and, and allow them to evolve and, and shift. So one thing that's helpful is just having a space to do that. Um, and this could be just sort of like creating a, a space where you are thinking practically about things like writing papers or paying bills. And, you know, that could be at my kitchen table and um, having a different, it could, it could even be in the same room, but you know, if you're, if I'm able, it could be a, in a studio space, but just stepping into that space is can help signal to my brain that, okay, we're going to be thinking about things a little bit differently here, or, um, you know, you can start to imagine. And so just space, having different spaces can, can help um, transition into uh, the creative process. But other ways, um, you know, going to the library, reading books, watching movies, talking with other um, people about making work 
or traveling, those are usually some of the things that help to uh, re-energize ideas and, and new paintings. Amber, you mentioned how, I guess, like the pandemic has started to show up um, as an influence in your work. What's next? I mean, especially as you, you know, m- maybe the world starts to open up again. I mean, do you have any projects planned in the future or are you starting to kind of think about what the next phase of your art will look like? Well, being in South Dakota and living here, I would like to create more, you know, community-based murals within the state and in this region. And I I would love to uh, to share the process with other artists. So um either through the university or creating some sort of platform or a way of not only allowing artists to create work with communities, but also for communities to access the the resources that they need in order to invite, um, invite artists to create work with them. You mentioned how um, you know one of your goals is to create more murals in South Dakota and like the surrounding region. You, you've created a lot of murals in the Midwest. Is there something in particular, I guess, that draws you to Midwestern art? What what is, I guess, like rural art to you or Midwestern art? What what is unique about this region's kind of culture and art expression that maybe gets underappreciated or just is different than other regions? There are many reoccurring themes and trends that that surface, but um, my interest in in really this part of the country and working um, with people who live here is that I I think there are so many stories that need to be told about this place, and that the best way of doing it is by the people who live here. And so I, I feel passionately about, um, about this part of the country because I think, um, you know, it's, this has been exasperated by recent political events, but there's so many nuances that exist in this part of the country that I think um, are often put into two different categories and the reality I think is that everything is more nuanced and complex than um, often we we give time and space to, to to talk about so I I wouldn't say that there's one thing that I see as defining this part of the country but I just think that um, I think there's so many there's there's so much content that has been created about this place that that um, from people um, who who don't live here essentially that I think it's 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 important for artists living in rural communities for artists living in in this part of the country to be seen and heard and be able to share their stories with with other people um, with people from other parts of the world but also for themselves to share and and to enjoy and appreciate. Amber, I guess, what are some of the maybe challenges that artists face living in this region? 
some of the challenges that artists face creating work um, in this part of the country, one of the biggest challenges I think are lack of funding. Um, there are there are grants available to artists, but there is definitely not um, there's not enough that would allow a person to be able to pursue you know art and that field full time. So definitely a lack of, of a, a lack of funding and support, and also. Um, really changing the conversation about why art is important, why art, art and culture are important in our lives and why we enjoy it and appreciate it and why, um, why it's important to, and, and really necessary for living full and complete lives and really understanding who we are as people and how to communicate with one another. So, I mean, it art is not just something that is um, created for entertainment or for escaping, though it can do those things. It's, um, it really, I guess, expanding the conversation about why art is important could be helpful in, um, educating people and um, energizing them to um, support it in different ways, not only financially, but also by understanding its value within uh, within education and curriculum and understanding um, how it can be a way of thinking and communicating and understanding the world. Amber, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Usually our last question is pretty philosophical in nature. Um, yeah, I think you've lived an interesting life. You've traveled all over the world, painted murals. Um, you, know, you spend a lot of time kind of learning different towns' identities and cultures. At this point in your life, what do you know for sure? What I know for sure is that everybody can draw and paint and everyone has a story to tell and that we are impacted by our visual environment. Amber, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. We really appreciate the time. We also thank you for the work you do here at USD and also in the community, painting um, murals here in Vermilion and also around South Dakota. Um, thanks again. Thank you for the invitation.